0: Hello, Knowledge Seekers. In this episode of 20-Minute Books, we delve into the intricately woven narratives of Dopamine Nation by Anna Lemke, As an exploration of our relentless quest for pleasure and the inevitable embrace of pain, Lemke's work uncovers the stark reality of our dopamine-saturated modern world. From addictive substances to the allure of the digital screens that dominate our daily existence, The book sheds light on the often unseen forces shaping our behaviors and thought patterns. Dr. Lemke, a prestigious figure in the field of psychiatry, brings her extensive experience as the chief of the Stanford Addiction Medicine Dual Diagnosis Clinic to the table. With her clinical acumen and a wellspring of poignant patient anecdotes, she unveils the challenging path to understanding addiction. More than a mere exploration, Dopamine Nation. Provides actionable insights into attaining a state of equilibrium amidst the chaos of contemporary temptations. This work is not just for the scientist or the clinician. It is a vital resource for those seeking to break the chains of detrimental habits, family members navigating the turbulence of a loved one's addictive behaviors, and for any individual who has found themselves unable to disconnect from the enthralling but demanding pull of their devices. Anna Lemke's credentials as a lauded scholar, researcher, and author of two precedent-setting publications illuminate her expert stance on the subject, making Dopamine Nation an authoritative and compelling guide through the complex terrain of our pleasure-pain responses. Join us as we uncover the secrets to balancing life in our dopamine-driven society in just 20 minutes. Dopamine Nation. Finding Balance in the Age of Indulgence. Introduction. Navigating the Tides of Temptation. Restore Balance in a World of Excess. Imagine standing in the midst of a vast ocean of choices, where every wave brings a tide of irresistible temptations, endless aisles of goodies, a universe of digital entertainment, and the seductive pull of instant gratification. This is the world we live in an endless feast where dopamine, our brain's beloved reward chemical, flows as freely as water. But what happens when the feast becomes a frenzy and we find ourselves lost in overindulgence? Dopamine, our internal thrill seeker, seeks out experiences that bring us pleasure, pushing us toward the things that excite and comfort us. But this pursuit of euphoria comes at a cost. When the dopamine surge fades, we're left craving more just like the emptiness that follows a late-night binge-watch session or the sudden urge for another scoop of ice cream. Dopamine Nation dives deep into the intricacies of our brains and behaviors, merging scientific insights with real-life stories of addiction. It empowers us with strategies to steer away from compulsive consumption and towards a more moderate way of life. Through this quest, you will discover... The dominant role that compulsive overconsumption has claimed in our everyday existence, the delicate balancing act of pleasure and pain that plays out within our brains, and invaluable pearls of wisdom grounded in the recovery journeys of those who have battled addiction, guiding us towards equilibrium in our own lives. Join us on a journey to recalibrate our reward systems, to find joy not just in the highs, but in the serene waters of balance and self control. Part 1 A World Awash with Gratification Turns Us All Into Unwitting Addicts. Envision the Face of Addiction. What do you see? Perhaps a haunting image of desperation, a life overtaken by the need for a fix, a scenario often relegated to the fringes of society, where the word addict conjures a predictable stereotype. But what if I told you that the gravity of addiction silently permeates through the fabric of our everyday lives? that it may nestle in the shadows of the most mundane activities. Addiction is the relentless tug toward a substance or action, be it narcotics, betting, love affairs, digital games, or relentless scrolling on social media, despite the damage it deals to oneself and one's circle. This overarching compulsion is not just isolated to the fringes. It could be lurking within anyone, from the businessman binge-watching to escape the grind to the high schooler glued to her phone at the expense of her grades. And here's a confessional slice from the author, Anna Lemke's life. She herself grappled with addiction, finding an unlikely seducer in the pages of captivating romance novels. The pull was so strong that she'd sneak reads between her professional obligations. The key takeaway here is that, in these days saturated with stimuli, a silent plight has befallen us. A widespread addiction to pleasure. Whether we're gripped by digital screens, spellbinding narratives, or the highs of chemical substances, our vulnerability to addiction proliferates with each readily available indulgence. The opioid crisis decimating the United States, it burgeoned from an overabundance of prescribed pain medications dispensed in the early 2000s. And as drugs surge in potency, take today's ultra-potent marijuana, a stark contrast to its 1960s predecessor, our milieu of pleasure doesn't end with narcotics. Reflect on our food, laden with sugars and fats engineered to entice our taste buds, or technology's hypnotic allure with its infinite scroll and persistent pings beckoning our attention. Reality paints a grim picture. Addiction rates are soaring, and globally preventable causes like smoking, unhealthy diets, and sedentariness are the culprits in 70% of mortalities. Meanwhile, the disadvantaged grapple with an abundance of addictive distractions, void of meaningful engagement or wholesome opportunities. It's telling when the leading causes of demise among less educated, middle-aged Caucasian Americans are overdoses, suicide, and alcohol-related diseases. In the coming narrative, we'll delve into the paradox of our pleasure chase, the way it unassumingly ushers us into a world of pain. Part 2. The Paradox of Comfort. Escaping discomfort only deepens our discontent. Once upon a time, surgeons wielded their scalpels without a drip of anesthesia, propelling their patients through the agony of medical necessity. We believed pain was part of the healing journey. Fast forward to modern medicine and we find a stark contrast. Today, doctors pledge themselves to a path of compassion that often entails numbing the sting of every ache and discomfort. In our stark aversion to even the slightest ache, our society has fostered an environment where prescriptions are doled out with startling regularity. A quarter of Americans have a daily psychiatric medication routine. One in ten Americans find solace in antidepressants and the trend isn't contained within American borders. This pattern has gone global. Stimulants and sedatives have skyrocketed, their use eclipsing what our past selves could have possibly conceived. But here's the burning question. Why, in an era marked by unprecedented liberty, wealth, and advancements, do we find ourselves mired in such a state of unease? The key insight is this. Our very attempts to flee from misery become the architects of that misery. The reality we seem desperate to escape isn't filled with life-altering catastrophes. It's the smaller discomforts we can't seem to endure, ever ready to dull our senses with the first sign of tumult. When life's edges fray, we no longer sit with our disquiet. Instead, we chase distractions. Hopeful entertainment might whisk us away from the doldrums of the now. Consider Sophie, a student of Lempke, wallowing in anxiety and depression, feeling most alive through the glow of her smartphone. Lempke posited that Sophie, in micromanaging her focus to evade her internal world, was inadvertently fueling her distress. The prescription? Allow for a simple, undistracted walk to class, minus the usual auditory company. Boredom, while mundane, may well bear questioning about our purpose in life. It's in the quiet, without the noise, that thought can unfurl and flourish. Now, despite our fervor to shield ourselves from pain, through medication, or divine distraction within the pages of a novel, the discomfort seems only to amplify Reports tell us that contentment among Americans waned from 2008 to 2018, and it's a trend not unique to America. Even nations held aloft by their wealth seem more ensnared by anxiety and depression than their humbler counterparts. The secret to this enigma is nestled within the core of our brain's circuitry, the delicate dance between pleasure and pain. In the upcoming narrative, We'll explore why the things that once sprinkled joy into our lives have lost their luster, leaving us wanting. Part 3: Chasing Bliss Only to Embrace Suffering. Let's follow the tale of Anna Lemke, who found herself entwined in the thrall of vampire romance fiction, devouring the pages of the Twilight saga with increasing veracity. Yet, as she cycled through the series for the fourth time, the rapture she once knew dimmed to a ghost of its former delight. In pursuit of that waning thrill, she ventured deeper into the dark allure of vampire lore, a pursuit that reflects a profound neurological seesaw, the pleasure-pain balance. Consider this the ultimate buy-now-pay-later scheme. Yet instead of money, it's our brain's chemistry we're bartering with. Pleasure isn't a solo act, it's tethered to pain sharing neural pathways that strive incessantly for equilibrium, revel in a dopamine high and your brain immediately labours to restore balance, only to overshoot into the realm of displeasure. The key takeaway is stark but true. Pleasure is invariably the herald of pain. The ensuing ache is familiar to all. It's the compulsion for another morsel, one more scene, an added puff. If once was good, Twice promises to be euphoric, doesn't it? Enter neuroadaptation, our capacity to build tolerance. That very indulgence that sparked joy now merely echoes its past glory as pleasure dulls and discomfort crescendos. This is the tightrope that addicts traverse, continually escalating their dose in vain. It's the path Lemke followed in her literary quest for the ultimate romantic escapade. In time, pleasure wanes, leaving a deficit of dopamine and a heightened sensitivity to pain. Reading had been Lemke's sanctuary, her font of bliss. But chasing the high of each new romantic tale dulled that pleasure, and yet she couldn't stop turning the pages, mirroring the addict's desperation to outrun withdrawal symptoms. That relentless dive into pain governs the cycle of relapse. A bid to stem the tide of discomfort withdrawal unfurls. But the horizon isn't void of hope. With patience, our resilient brains will recalibrate, opening up the possibility to savor life free from the shackles of addictive substances or behaviors. However, it's not without a cautionary note. For those ensnared in addiction's grasp over the long term, the journey back to balance can be arduous sometimes tragically unattainable. Even as addiction etches lasting marks on our neurology, triggering cravings, a kind of neural detour can emerge over time, guiding us away from those ravaged paths towards more salubrious choices. Part 4. Breaking free through abstinence awakens profound realizations. In a landscape where scarcity once ruled, our brains evolve to treasure every dollop of delight. Cut to the present, a realm of plenty, and we find ourselves caught in an unending dance, perpetually reaching for more, only to discover that pleasure eludes and dissatisfaction lingers. But what if taking a step back could guide us toward a deeper understanding? Enter the realm of recovery, where former addicts, like soothsayers of our time, hold a mirror to society's struggles. They point to a simple, transformative truth to see clearly we must retreat from our indulgences. The key reflection here is succinct. Abstinence births insight. Delilah turned to daily cannabis to quell her anxiety, mirroring Sophie's relentless tethering to her phone. Both sought refuge in their habits, not seeing that it was their very escape that may have been fanning the flames of their unrest. When Lemke encouraged Delilah to embark on a dopamine detox, eschewing cannabis for an entire month, the goal was to reinvigorate her reward circuitry. And why one month as the magic number? Studies paint a telling picture. Neuroscientist Nora Volkov found that even after a fortnight of abstinence, addicts' dopamine activity remained lackluster when compared to those unaffected by addiction. In contrast, Mark Schuchat's research showed substantive mood improvements in daily drinkers after a month of sobriety. Abstinence isn't merely a temporary pause, it can unearth hidden health conditions. A persistent lack of improvement during a dopamine hiatus could signal an underlying psychiatric disorder, a revelation for about 20% of patients. But caution is due where addiction's roots run deep, and withdrawal from substances like alcohol, benzodiazepines, and opioids can pose grave risks. Such scenarios demand a medically supervised retreat. Imagine Delilah, after a month untethered from cannabis, finding her anxiety had dissipated, and with it, a trove of insight. The withdrawal was arduous, physically demanding even to the point of inducing vomiting. Yet it was this very ordeal that crystallized her recognition of addiction's grip, bestowing the strength needed to persevere. As the haze of cannabis cleared, Delilah confronted the core of her anxiety, realizing it had been nurtured by her life's orbit around the substance. In its absence, she rediscovered the vitality within her everyday existence, an epiphany that abstinence alone could grant. Part 5 Confronting discomfort can yield unanticipated joy. Imagine lingering on the cusp of a frigid abyss, preparing to submerge into a world of sharp, icy clarity. This was Michael's self-prescribed ritual, a former patient of Lemke. In the wake of his drug abstinence, he stumbled upon an unorthodox source of euphoria, ice baths. Twice a day he'd plunge into a freezing bath, the sensation so profound he likened it to the rush of ecstasy. Such experiences aren't mere anecdotal oddities. They're anchored in science. A dive into the chilly depths at Charles University in Prague unveiled a striking truth. Cold water immersion can surge dopamine levels by a staggering 250%. Through his icy regimen, Michael was invoking the pain that naturally rebalanced his pleasure scale. And unlike fleeting drug highs, this induced joy had a more enduring imprint. The underlying message? Engaging with deliberate discomfort can be a conduit to pleasure. This isn't a novel concept. Since Socrates pondered over the relief that succeeds pain, we've been aware of this paradox. The exhilaration after a race, the release post a suspenseful flick, it's a shared human thread. Research confirms that carefully calibrated doses of pain can bolster resilience. Worms accustomed to heat prevailed in scorching conditions. Japanese exposed to marginal radiation displayed an uptick in longevity and a dip in cancer rates. Consider the gentler practice of intermittent fasting, lauded for its longevity benefits and healthful enforcements. Exercise, too, is a dance with discomfort straining our bodies temporarily yet it pumps dopamine and encourages well-being the wisdom of repurposing pain dates to antiquity hippocrates the father of medicine claimed that a greater pain can dull a lesser one a principle mirrored in contemporary methods like acupuncture a study in pain enhanced by neuroimaging lends credence to the ancient observations illustrating the mitigating effects of one pain over another. In defiance of intuition, Michael's icy sojourns became his gateway to contentment. Embracing pain can become an architect of recovery, a testament that within discomfort lies the promise of healing. Part 6. Embrace Truth and It Shall Set You Free Meet Maria, guiding her way through the labyrinth of recovery, a longtime companion of Alcoholics Anonymous. A curveball arrived one day as she inadvertently opened a parcel meant for her brother. A confrontation ensued, and Maria, in a knee-jerk reaction, chose deception. That choice haunted her through a sleepless night until Dawn's honesty broke through. She confessed and sought her brother's pardon. That moment of truth wasn't just an apology. It was liberation from the web of deceit That once entangled her life during her drinking days. This act, simple yet profound, not only cleared her conscience but strengthened the sibling bond. Truth isn't just a moral compass, it's the bedrock of faiths and the framework of recovery programs. Resolute truth unlocks self awareness, it demands accountability, and it forges connections. This brings us to the cardinal insight truth is the key to our liberation be it before a therapist, a confidant, or within the sacred space of confession, vocalizing our truths casts our struggles in a fresh, revealing light. Our addictive tendencies often follow a script, a mindless path where desire eclipses consequence, where denial is the director. A fascinating Swiss study unveiled a curious link. A little nudge to the prefrontal cortex encouraged a surge in truth-telling. This led Lemke to ponder, does unburdening our truth in return energize our prefrontal cortex, refining our emotional governance? Solid proof may elude us, but the wisdom of recovery resonates with a potent affirmation. In claiming ownership of our truth, we uncover and confront the depths of our compulsions. Honesty often arrives swathed in vulnerability, the fear of rejection its silent echo but this raw disclosure of our imperfections carves a space for connection. In our flaws, others see their own reflections, and through our truths we gift them companionship. Intimacy, born from such shared truths, cradles us in security. When we're encompassed by the candid and trustworthy, we feel anchored, well-placed within our community. The reassurance that comes from being understood and accepted lights the path to hope nurturing our belief that, in the end, we stand on solid ground. Part 7. Channeling Shame into a Positive, Communal Force Shame, once a one-dimensional marker of disgrace, has undergone a cultural evolution. We rightfully shun its damaging variants, slut-shaming, body-shaming, and the toxic call-outs flocking on social media. Such negative shame can foster a vicious cycle of isolation and perpetuated missteps. Yet, shame need not be a pariah. It plays a pivotal role in the construction of community, signaling when we've overstepped societal lines. Within the realm of addiction, where missteps are often part of one's history, facing up to shame can be a common thread. But there's good news. There exists a positive incarnation known as prosocial shame. It acknowledges our fallibility while emphasizing recovery and forgiveness. This approach doesn't exile individuals for their transgressions. Rather, it enfolds them in a collective understanding of our shared imperfection. The guiding principle is clear pro social shame is the humble pie we need. Here's a glimpse at the sting of destructive shame. Laurie, battling with alcohol and overeating, turned to her church, a pillar in her life. In return, she received veiled rebuffs and was nudged into silence. At AA, however, Laurie found solace in an atmosphere steeped in candor and affirmation, a stark contrast to the exclusion she faced from her spiritual community. Prosocial shame reaps dividends. It nurtures humility and reinforces our ties to those who support us. Consider Lemke's mentor, an AA devotee. His journey through recovery, he states, was a passage of de-shaming. Immersed in meetings where stories and struggles were exchanged freely, he realized his singular story was part of a collective narrative. The trail of fibs, the sorrow etched into his spouse's gaze, all these became catalysts for change. A.A. provided a means to confront his past and strive towards restitution. A.A. espouses the merits of scrupulous self-examination, helping members to grapple with their shortcomings while invoking empathy for others. Empathy, that iridescent thread woven into the fabric of humanity, is what makes pro-social shame not just a teaching tool, but a crucial connective element for any community, a reminder that a touch more compassion is something we can all benefit from. Final Summary In the relentless pursuit of perfection, we often find ourselves enmeshed in the weight of expectations yearning for an escape from the pressures of life. We find ourselves surrounded by an abundance of diversions, chic watering holes, infinite online scrolling, and entertainment at our fingertips, aiming to momentarily whisk us away from our realities. But what if the secret to fulfillment isn't found in these distractions, but in the deliberate confrontation with our reality? Drawing on the profound insights from Dopamine Nation, we find that author Anna Lemke invites us to a different kind of reckoning. One where we turn to meet life head-on, attuned to its vast spectrum, and aspiring for equilibrium amidst its oscillations. This isn't a journey promising instantaneous transformation. Rather, it's a call to patient and consistent effort towards a more intentional existence. The fruits of this labor aren't immediate, but with time and dedication, they manifest as the ultimate prize, a life infused with meaning, presence, and a depth worth savoring. Thank you for joining me today on this journey of learning and discovery as we explored the insights of another thought-provoking book in our growing library of knowledge. If you've enjoyed our time together,